Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. As you can see, I'm flying solo again today. Alex is busy as usual. He's a busy, busy man, but he will be back soon, I promise you. Um, Look, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year to all of our fans, all of our friends, all of our family that watch this show, that listen to this show, that are a part of our family and, and our network of friends and acquaintances. Happy 2022 to everyone. I hope everyone's New Year's resolutions are going splendidly here on the fourth day of the new year. I will tell you mine is going fantastic. I am sore as hell, but I made a commitment to work on my strength. And so that's what I'm doing this year. And I'm paying the piper for it over the course of four days so far. We'll see if I sing the same tune by the time we get to the end of the month. As the calendar turns, what we have to look forward to, folks, is the very first week 18 of the NFL season. We are 17 weeks in, and while normally that would be the end of the NFL season, not this year. This year we have 17 games, and so there will be a week 18. And look, last week I talked to you guys about the NFL and the playoff scenarios and all this other stuff. And everything was very much up in the air. Very, very confusing. A lot of different possibilities. A lot of teams that can make the playoffs. A lot of teams that can be out of the playoffs. A lot of teams that could win the, possibly win the one seed and, and get the bye in both conferences. Actually, not a lot of teams. Two or three teams. But a lot of stuff was cleared up this weekend. It seems like all of a sudden, it's like we put our glasses on and we can see clearly now. It looks very clear. Let's start over in the NFC, which is the more clear of the two. It's very simple. The Green Bay Packers, with their win over Minnesota on Sunday night in a game that, quite frankly, put me to sleep and probably put a lot of... If you're an insomniac, that was a great game to watch. If you're a football fan, that game was not a great game to watch. Uh, The Vikings did not have Kirk Cousins. The... um, Packers had Aaron Rodgers. Need I say more? And it was freezing cold. I don't think there's a whole lot of mystery as to what was going to happen there. And there's probably not a whole lot of mystery to you, even if you didn't watch the game, as to what happened. The Packers won. And with that, moved their record to 13-3. They hold the tiebreaker over the two teams behind them at 12-4. So they won their division, which I think actually they had already won their division. And they clinched the number one seed in the NFC. So, if you want to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, you must go through the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Someone's going to have to go up into Lambeau Field and knock them off in order for someone other than the Packers to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Right behind them, hot on their tail, are the Rams, um, the Buccaneers, and the Cowboys, all division leaders. All uh, The Buccaneers and Cowboys have won their division. So they will get a home game on, on that wild card weekend, what they're calling super wild card weekend, because we have six games as opposed to four. Should be very entertaining. The Buccaneers have won the South. The Cowboys have won the NFC East. And so they will host a game. Right now, the Rams sit as the leaders of the NFC West and have a one-game advantage over the Arizona Cardinals. If that were to hold, they would win the uh, 
they would obviously win the uh, NFC West and would be the two seed, uh, provided that they win and, you know, the Buccaneers win. But it will not be easy for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Although they play at home, they're playing against the San Francisco 49ers, a team that is hungry to make the playoffs, a team that is currently sitting in the sixth spot but must win. Well, actually, they they, they don't have to win, but uh, – they went. They they're gonna want to win to make sure they get in. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have it a little bit easier. They're at home against the six and ten Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, you know, Arizona still has a shot at the NFC West. Looking a little bit further down in the wild card uh, races right now, we've got the San Francisco 49ers, nine and seven, sitting in that sixth spot. I already mentioned Arizona. They're in the five spot. They've clinched a playoff berth. Could potentially win their division. We'll see what happens on uh, Sunday. Uh, The Eagles are at seven. And even though the Eagles are behind the 49ers, the Eagles are in. I couldn't explain it. I'm not that smart. I don't understand. But the Eagles are in. The Eagles are in. And let me tell you, in the second half of this season, say what you want about their schedule. The Eagles have ridden a red-hot run game to, I believe it's a 7-1 record over the last eight games. They have been playing magnificently. Granted, not the best competition, but you can only play the games that are on your schedule. And they right now look like a very good football team building a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. They finish off the season, in spite of the fact that they are already in, they still have to play one more game, and they will be at home against the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night. Now, that's a rivalry game, but with the Cowboys having already won the East and the Eagles already in the playoffs, I wonder how many players will play and how many players will get a bye week, a little bit of extra rest heading into the playoffs. Either way... The Eagles are in, and I don't think anyone wants to play their smash-mouth running game right now. Um, And then at 8, sitting at number 8, are the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are 8-8, and and the Saints need to win at Atlanta. Not an undoable task on Sunday. And they need the 49ers to lose who are at the Rams. So those those two teams are fighting for the last playoff spot and how it shakes out in terms of which wild card goes where, 5, 6, 7. We'll have to wait and see. There's too many moving pieces to really get into that. Look, the Saints have played great defense. They have not moved the ball well these last few weeks, um, but they've played excellent defense. Remember, they shut down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just a couple weeks ago. And while they played a much easier opponent in the Panthers this past Sunday, they shut them down as well. They're playing great defense. They're going to go into Atlanta with everything to play for, Atlanta with nothing to play for, and I expect the Saints to win. So really, the key game to watch in terms of playoff implications is that San Francisco-Los Angeles Rams game. A, it it has implications for who's going to win the NFC West and get a home playoff game on wildcard weekend as opposed to a road playoff game on uh, wildcard weekend. And it'll determine who really gets in between the 49ers and the Saints. I think the 49ers are going to pull out all the stops. And, well, 
Now that I think about it, I just I just remembered Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. He's got a broken thumb, likely will not play. And I don't think the Rams want to travel anywhere on wild card weekend. I think the Saints are gonna get in. The Rams have been playing good football. They gutted out a tough win in Baltimore this past weekend. And I think they are going to win at home against the 49ers, getting the New Orleans Saints into the playoffs. The New Orleans Saints can send the Rams a belated Christmas gift. So that's, like I said, pretty simple in the NFC. Uh, In the AFC, it's a little more complicated, but not nearly as complicated as it was a week ago. You have got the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs sitting atop the AFC. Both of both of those teams have won their division and both have an 11-5 record with Tennessee having the tiebreaker over Kansas City because they beat them earlier in the year. So, Kansas City goes into Denver on Saturday. They must win if they want a shot at that bye. And then on Sunday, Tennessee heads to Houston and they don't have to win on Sunday. Obviously, if Kansas City loses, then Tennessee will automatically get the bye. But in the event that Kansas City should beat Denver on Saturday, Tennessee will have to win on Sunday at Houston, which is no easy task. Who am I kidding? It's an easy task. Um, but I'm sure they would much rather rest their players than have to play them. You know, basically give their starters kind of a bye week, so to speak against the Texans, so I'm sure they'll be rooting for the Denver Broncos, but if not, they'll have to go out there and beat the Texans, which, look, hasn't exactly proven to be very difficult. It's happened 12 times this year. How they've won four games, I'll never know. That offense is abysmal. Um, So it looks pretty simple at the top. I think the Tennessee Titans will uh, end up with that one seed and get a bye, which is huge in in this season where only one team's going to get the bye. Uh, then moving a little bit further down, you've got the Bengals at 10 and 6, the Bills at 10 and 6, and New England at 10 and 6. Now the Bengals have already won the end at the AFC North. They really don't have anything to play for other than just pride and want to keep the momentum going. Look, the Cincinnati Bengals are probably the most fun team to watch. Why? Because they've got two of the most fun players to watch. In Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. What Jamar Chase did on Sunday against the Chiefs was just amazing. And it's highlighted because he did it against the Chiefs. But he's been doing this all season long. He's been very, very good. And you can see the chemistry start to build more and more. I mentioned last week how impressed I was with Joe Burrow as the season has gone on. Coming back from his knee injury. I'm even more impressed as I see the development of the relationship between him and Jamar Chase. That is looking like a fabulous combination for a long time to come. And I'm telling you, the Cincinnati Bengals, I hope they make a deep run in the playoffs. If for no other reason than they're very fun to watch. They're going to be in ball games at all times. Don't ever count them out because they can move the ball quickly. Um... Then moving on to the AFC East, you've got the Bills and the Patriots. They're tied at 10 and 6. Now the Bills hold the tiebreaker. So if the Bills win their game at home against the Jets, it doesn't matter what New England does. New England has to go to Miami and and play at Miami. Now, Miami beat New England earlier in the year at New England. 
I can't imagine Buffalo is going to lose to um, to the Jets, but they did lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this year, so anything can happen. But I expect the Bills to take care of it, take care of business in Buffalo, and go ahead and win the AFC East with the New England Patriots being a five seed. Now you've got to see who's going to make it into those last two spots, uh, spots six and seven, right? You've got the Indianapolis Colts at nine and seven, the Chargers at nine and seven, the Raiders at nine and seven, and then the Steelers at eight, seven, and one. Thank goodness for that tie against the uh, Lions, huh? If they lost that game, they'd, they'd be out. But alas, the tie helps at this point, I guess. A win would have been even better. But that didn't happen. So... The Colts control their own destiny. They have the tiebreaker over the Chargers and the Raiders, and the Steelers are half a game back. So, for the Colts, it's pretty simple. All they have to do is go into Jacksonville and win. Jacksonville's a team who's in shambles after the Urban Meyer debacle, and they're just not a good football team. Now, the Colts are coming off a tough game this past weekend. Uh, it slips my mind on who they played, but I know it was a, a back-and-forth barn burner. Um, i got to look for it because I honestly don't remember. I'm getting old. Oh, against the Raiders. That's right, against the Raiders. Um, a, a really good back-and-forth game, uh, but the Jaguars are not going to be that much of a challenge, I don't believe. So I think they're going to win and get in. And then you've got the Chargers and the Raiders. Now, the Chargers and the Raiders have the luxury of controlling their own destiny. Why? Because the Chargers have to go to Las Vegas this weekend. And on Sunday night, the very last game of the season, we will determine who gets in from one of those two teams. It's win and in. It's just that simple. The Steelers, they need the Colts to lose and they have to win their matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who were eliminated this past weekend after losing to the Rams at home. Uh, the, the, Ra- the Ravens have gone through uh, an incredible amount of injuries, an incredible amount of COVID. I think they're done. And the Steelers, look, they're going to give it everything they got. They have the early game on Sunday. And, you know, they, they just they got to... They're in the same time slot as Indianapolis at Jacksonville, so they got to go out there and take care of business. It will, I think, likely be Big Ben's last game as a Pittsburgh Steeler, maybe the last game of his career. And, you know, you want to send him out with a bang. They, uh, they played last night at home in his last game at Heinz Field, and, uh, you know, the emotion was, you could, you could feel it. I mean, you could feel the emotion through the TV, um... So, I think they're going to go for it. The Ravens have nothing to play for other than pride. It is not an easy game because when those two meet, you can really throw everything out the window. Uh, They go at it tooth and nail. And as much as uh, everyone is uh, praising Big Ben for a career well done, you know, the Ravens probably want none of that farewell tour. Um, Interesting stat on Big Ben. He will finish his career 
having never had a losing season. He was 8-8 eight and eight, uh, three or four times in his career. He could end up 8-8-1 eight, eight and one this year, but never having had a losing season in 13, 14, 15 seasons, however many seasons he's been in the NFL. Really an incredible accomplishment. Uh, and really, for a guy who is not the most mobile quarterback we've ever seen, extremely durable in a division that has traditionally been very hard-hitting. He's been in a lot of big games and uh, very a very durable player um, considering the type of player he is and his long career. Uh, really, hats off to, uh, to Big Ben. So really, it's quite simple. It's like I said, um, you know, everything was cloudy and murky, and we really didn't know how things were going to shake out. Uh, this weekend really took care of a lot of things. Uh, in spite of the fact that we answer a lot of questions about the playoffs, we really do open up a lot of questions about the future. Um, you know, for example, Baker Mayfield, is he the answer in Cleveland? You know, they, they, they're sitting at seven and nine and did not make the playoffs, um, you know, who's going to be the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's a young team. And, you know, obviously the, this next hire has to be a good one because the last one was really, really pretty poor. Um, <clears throat> what other questions do you have? Russell Wilson in Seattle, what will happen with him? Uh, are they going to retool that team and, and uh, you know, give it another go with him? Pete Carroll, you know, who's not a young man. What, what what you know? What are his plans going forward? Um, the number one pick right now is being is uh, belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got to wonder, uh, you know, if they think Trevor Lawrence is the answer, or I should say the future. And I would think after one season, especially considering the Urban Meyer debacle, that they still have faith in him and think that way of him. They're probably going to go to the defensive side of the ball, or maybe a, an impact offensive player at a skill position to you know, bolster him up and give him some more support. So there's a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting um, scenarios to look at for some teams that are out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, is Tua the answer in Miami? Uh, we've got a couple seasons now. You got to wonder. Uh, Daniel Jones with the Giants, they've already made the comment that they're going to bring him back, pick up his option. You know, I, I guess that means they think he's the quarterback that they, they're going to ride with. Um the Bears, obviously a situation with Matt Nagy where, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about him not having a job uh, beyond this Sunday. You know, next Monday, January 10th, is Black Monday in the NFL. It's traditional, traditionally when a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, <clears throat> coaches end up getting fired, unfortunately. And as we go into the playoffs, you know, there are a lot of questions. Can Tom Brady continue to turn back the clock? At 44, make another run at the Super Bowl. Will Aaron Rodgers finally get that second ring? Um, the Chiefs, who everyone thought would be the dominant team in the AFC, will they find that dominance certainly on offense to get that team going? They they rode their defense for several weeks here towards the end of the season, but the offense still kind of hasn't found it uh, quite right. Um, New England and the Bills, you know, will, will the Bills – finally live up to this potential that we've been seeing in them over the past couple of seasons to make a deep run into the playoffs. And New England, you know, they had a great uh, a great run in the middle of the season and winning seven in a row, I think it was, 
was that all smoke and mirrors, or are they really a legit team with a young quarterback that, that can really make some waves in the playoffs? Should be very interesting. The Cowboys. You know, are the Cowboys finally going to break through and make a deep run in the playoffs and possibly a shot at the Super Bowl? Uh, the team has done well. Their losses are against good football teams for the most part, except for the Denver debacle. Um, you know, you got to wonder whether they're going to uh, whether they're going to finally make a run. So, look, the playoffs are always extremely interesting. The offseason starts in the NFL the day after the season's over for those teams that are out of the um, out of the playoffs. It starts right away with you know coaches getting fired and, and whatnot. So. It's going to be very interesting. Um, we're coming towards a the, the really fun part of the season. Um, the playoffs in the NFL are like nothing else. It's one and done. It's not a series. Um, you know, in, in the NFL, especially when you get two good football teams, almost, almost anything can happen. Almost. I say almost because I'm sure there's some stuff that can't happen. I don't know what. but uh, So that's where we are. In the NFL season, it's been a lot of fun so far, and I think it's only going to get better and uh, and be more entertaining uh, as the season goes on. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, and I'm, I'm going to stick with football but kind of take a bit of a different turn here, the end of the year was not very good uh, in terms of celebrities. Uh Right before the end of the year, we lost John Madden and Betty White. And, uh, you know, John Madden, it, it, you know, you can, you can almost figure out how old a person is by hearing what their memories are of John Madden. If they remember him as a coach, they're probably in their late 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, older. If they're in their 40s and 50s, then they probably remember him as an announcer. And if they're less, if they're 30s and younger, then they probably know him as the name on the EA Sports football game, right? Madden 2000 or Madden whatever number, whatever year it is. Um, really, an incredible, uh, you know. I saw something on the Wikipedia page talking about an American football personality, and when you think about it, that's that's really what he was. Um, a man who played football in the NFL, coached in the NFL, announced for the NFL, and then had a hand in the you know the explosion of a video game that really kind of took over for another generation. And you know it's uh, obviously John Madden was a football guy. And when you stop and think about the term football guy, Usually we use it for someone who's really involved in football and really likes the game. But John Madden really, I mean, just across different things, right? He was a player, a coach, uh, an entertainer kind of, right, as a commentator. And then uh, the, the video game, his impact on the video game market with the, um, the Madden video games. Um, it's funny because I think his greatest impact was as an announcer, um, if you go back and you look at his playing career, you know, he didn't, he didn't play, he, he played one season with the Philadelphia Eagles. He got injured and, and that was it. And I don't even think he even got on the field. I think he had an injury, uh, in practice on the practice squad or something like that. And never even really made an impact as a player, but he was a player. 
and then um, and then went right into coaching, right? And uh, you know, had some stints in college, but really made his name as the coach of the Raiders, the big bad Raiders. And the funny thing about that is, even as a coach, he wasn't there for very long. You know, I think very early on he realized that um, coaching takes a lot out of you. It's a it's a it's an it's a 16, 18 hour a day job during the season and uh, with the travel and it's just not easy. And so he made the decision after I think 10, 10 seasons, which is not very long in, in, in coaching circles, he made the decision to step away from the game as a coach and, um, and spend more time with his family and, and whatnot. But in those 10 years, he made the playoffs, I think in eight of the 10 years, he won a Super Bowl. Uh, he, he, um, I think he only played, he only made it to one Super Bowl and won it. Um, and you know, the, 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 the stigma, the aura of the Oakland Raiders, right? The big, bad Oakland Raiders from back in the seventies is something that I think helped make him popular. Um, and then, you know, he went into broadcasting, uh, a couple years later and, you know, it's funny I don't, um, I don't associate um, John Madden with any one particular network, right? And there's a reason for that. He worked for all four networks, four networks that have had football on them since the 70s, right? CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC, um, which is really kind of amazing when you when you think about it. And of course, where he really made his name in terms of commentating, and where I think he had probably the biggest impact, was the use of the Telestrator. And it wasn't just that he broke down the X's and O's of football. It was the commentary with it, right? And all the lines that he would draw on the screen and really give the fans an inside look as to what was going on on the field as opposed to just watching the play happen and not really understanding a blitzing linebacker or a corner blitz or a, a screen pass and, you know, uh, you know, a tight end chipping and then going out in the flat. Just all those little things, he really brought all of that to the forefront and really made it um, so that the common man, like myself, who never played football, really got to understand the game. And with the Telestrator, I mean, it was, it was great, right? I mean, you had him drawing lines all over the place. And then, of course, the other thing that made him extremely popular was the Thanksgiving Day games where he handed out, you know, I swear, I think he handed out like 10 drumsticks. I don't know where these birds came from, but he had drumsticks for everybody, it seemed like, on, on Thanksgiving Day. But it was it was just, it was so much fun. And it was a part of that day was watching John Madden and watching the all turkey players for the game and him handing out turkeys and and really uh, you know his effervescent style um, on screen um, now after that you know the other thing he did while he was broadcasting was the all Madden team was which was you know kind of not necessarily the best players but the toughest players I mean he continued to push that uh, that narrative of 
tough NFL players, which kind of he brought from his old uh, old days coaching uh, the Oakland Raiders. But that was another thing that was very popular. And teams and players took a lot of pride in it. Kind of like now, you know how now we hear about players and they talk about their rating on on Madden. Um, they take pride in what their speed rating is and, and all this other stuff. Well, back then, before the Madden football game, video game was out there, Players took pride in winning the all, being a part of the All Madden team of of getting that uh, that honor bestowed upon them. Not necessarily as the best football player or one of the best football players, but as one of the toughest. Um, and then, of course, you have the Madden video games, which you know part of what made that video game. So entertaining was that they used his voiceover, right? The boom, 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 you know, and and things like that. The, his announcing style, they used it on the game. And, you know, then you heard about the Madden curse where guys were on the cover of Madden and would get injured the following season and, and whatnot. And for our younger generation, Madden is a way of life. Like, I'm not a video game guy at all. Like, I, I am... As as a fifty year old man, I am I am the exception, not the rule. I rarely, if ever, played video games. I'm not into video games. I I still, even now, as an you know, I see the allure of it, but I really have no desire to play. Um, but for my brother, who's younger in his thirties. You know, he still loves to play video games. And he it's an entire generation. And and the Madden football video game is really what kind of carried the video game industry for a long time and has made it something that has transcended the youth generation into something that has matured into adults and and you know early 40 somethings and and whatnot. And and I and I dare to say it will probably continue on. Where now video playing video games, especially sports video games, are not just for kids, not for teenagers, not even for young adults. It, it it will eventually get to the point where it will permeate all the way through to uh you know guys in retirement homes. Like I would imagine my brother, when my brother is 60, 70 years old, I would imagine my brother will still like to play a video game. Like I, I just it doesn't strike me as an age thing anymore. It's something that I think will, like I said, will permeate throughout the generations. It will become something that will that will just be the norm for everyone, regardless of age. And so uh, really an incredible uh, life and career. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, John Madden met his wife and they got married in 1959. He was married for 62 years. So, I mean, the guy was a football guy, but he was a family guy, too. And to be with one person for 62 years is just amazing. And, um, you know, it's just, I mean, he should get an award for that alone, right? I mean, surely he's in heaven being married 62 years. You just got to be, right? Um, really a, a very sad uh, passing uh, for NFL fans, video game fans, sports fans, really, uh, just uh, sad to sad that he's gone. Um, 
The other unfortunate passing that we had here at the very end of the year was Betty White. And, um, you know, Betty White was 99, just short of her uh, 100th birthday, which that made me very sad. Like, I thought, man, if you're that close to a century, you know, come on. You couldn't, God, you couldn't keep her here for a couple more weeks. I mean, that, you know. And and here's another person who, um, you know, her longevity is astonishing. I mean, she's been in the entertainment business uh, industry since 1939. I mean, think about that. That's 80 years, 80 plus years of her life. She's been in entertainment in one form or fashion. Now, think about... How much things change over the course of 80 years. Think about how much things change over the course of 10 years. And she's been relevant for 80 years. Um, you know, she's been on, obviously, she's been on radio. She's been on TV and movies. She's done, um, you know, she's done sitcoms. She's done movies. She's done Saturday Night Live. I mean, she really uh, just an incredible, incredible career. She did variety shows when she was younger. I mean, just... Really, she's, I mean, over 80 years, I guess if you're going to be in the business for 80 years, you're going to do it all. But, you know, she was not just one thing. Um, amazingly enough, she did a little bit of everything. And she was one of these people that even if you weren't really a Betty White fan per se, everyone loved her. All right. And it, it's kind of uh, one of the neat things that happens when you're around for a really long time is people love you regardless of whether they like what you do or don't like what you do. And, um, you know, I I don't remember her from very many things other than the Golden Girls and the proposal. But, you know, I, I thought it was great. I remember, and, and Saturday Night Live, I will say that. Um, but, you know, it's just uh, it, it's just amazing to think that someone did anything for 82 years, you know, I mean, I hope that, uh, I hope that, you know, when I pass at 100 years or 200 years, however long I'm going to be around on this earth, I, I hope I can say I did something for 80 years other than breathe. Um, I doubt I will, but uh, on the off chance, uh, maybe I'll be running for 82 years, I don't know, that'd be nice, but it just, it is just amazing that she's been relevant and, um, and, in the entertainment world for 82 years. I just can't get over it. I can't even wrap my head around 82 years. So uh, unfortunate passing of Betty White and John Madden in the in the past week. Uh, kind of a crappy way to finish 2021, but so goes life. Um, well, that's all I have for today. Don't forget to watch... Week 18, the very first week 18 of the NFL season. Enjoy the games this weekend. Um, if uh, you know, if you want to catch the show, obviously you can catch it on YouTube. If you want to watch it, if you want to listen to us, pick your podcast platform: Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever podcast platform you choose. We're there, so you can catch us on any of those platforms. Um, if you want to reach out to the show and let us know who you think is going to win this weekend, who's going to be in the playoffs and who's not. Uh, you can email the show positive sports, 10 at gmail.com positive sports, one zero at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of my brother and talk football, you can do so on Twitter at Brooklyn Gaucho one. 
And if you want to reach out to me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21. As always, folks, I hope uh, I hope you all have a very happy new year. I hope that you guys are just killing it with your resolutions. I hope you're doing everything that you have set out to do over the first four days of this year, and I hope you continue on for another 361 days. And I hope that when we get to the end of 2022, you can say you have successfully met all of your resolutions and goals. Best of luck to everyone on what they're trying to accomplish. Be better every day. And as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.